Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to episode 49 of the Pennsylvania Project. As you may know, here at the Pennsylvania Project, our vision is a better Pennsylvania. To achieve that vision, our mission is to boldly showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and to relentlessly, methodically, and vigorously pursue correct solutions. But more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem, whatever that may be. We have a conventional episode planned for today, and unlike usual episodes of the Pennsylvania Project, they're usually divided into three parts, you, them, and me, but we're throwing that out the window today because we are here live at the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention, State Convention, being held in, I guess this is Essington, just south of the airport outside of Philadelphia, PA, at the Marriott Renaissance Hotel. What we're going to be doing for this show is we're going to be talking to various players here, what's going on at the convention, there are going to be elections here, there are going to be bylaw arguments, Pennsylvania Cable Network is here covering the whole thing. This is going to be an unusual episode, so we're going to skip over our usual call-in, email-in format, we're going to skip over our typical guests, we're going to have a whole slew of guests today. I have sitting with me right now Richard Schwarz, who is the organizer of the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Rich. Hi, Ken. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. It's a blast having you here. So you're the guy who put this whole thing together? With help from others, yes. With help from others. So what does it take to put together a convention? Believe it or not, it's a lot. Uh, you have I to contact it. hotels, get quotes, tell them what you want to do, and see if they're willing to work with you and find a place that's acceptable. This place we used four years ago, and it seemed to work out really good, so we're happy to be back here this year, close to the airport, which helps our presidential candidates who might be flying in, which is why we kind of chose it this year presidential for a presidential candidates? year. Yes. What kind of presidential candidates are you talking well, about? Well, as you know, we have a bunch of people vying to be the presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, who will likely be on the ballot in all 50 states. Wow. And that person will likely be in this room at some point this weekend. Yes. So we are we are sitting in the room where the debate is going to happen. There's a huge backdrop here with the city of Philadelphia in the background. It says in big letters, Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, www.lppa.org. How many people are you expecting, Rich? You know, we, we have 140 or so pre-registered, wow. and we always get another bunch of people show up at the door. So we had to make several changes to our room to accommodate extra people. Uh, it's going to be a good number of people. It's going to be probably the second highest state party convention in the United States outside of California. So we're pretty proud of that. Wow, I believe it. Pennsylvania is pretty important when it comes to the political scene, even with challenger parties like the Libertarians. It, it certainly is, Absolutely. How about how long have you been a libertarian, Rich? <laughs> I technically I consider myself having been a libertarian since I first heard of it in 1975, 76. Wow! But I really got active in the party in 1987. Uh, I don't know how this works because I'm really only 25 years old. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been around a long time. But Dr. yeah, Dr. I, I used to listen to a guy on the radio here in Philadelphia on on the original WWDB back in the 70s. He did the graveyard shift. He was a libertarian, and this was in 1976, and he sold me on it, and it just stayed in the back of my mind until I got involved in the mid-'80s. And Would that be Evil Irv Homer? No, not Evil Ho- Irv Homer. It was a guy named Ken Bohm. 
I know Ken Bohm. He's a Montgomery County Libertarian. I haven't seen him in 20 years. Yeah, I think he passed away uh, a couple uh, years ago. So rest in peace. But, oh, man, his just insight into politics. He was a delegate to the Republican Party National Convention in 1976. And he was a Reagan supporter back when Gerald Ford won. And after that, he went full-on Libertarian. And I used to listen to his show and listen to his rants and stuff, and he just sold me. Hmm. And here you are, and you're, after all these years, you're still organizing conventions. After all these years, I'm still doing this, yep. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're here, because otherwise we wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be broadcasting live from the Pennsylvania Libertarian <laughs> Party Convention. Rich, thank you very much for putting this all together, and thank you for your participation on the Pennsylvania Project. All right, thanks for having me. Sounds good. All right. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and I am sitting with the chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, Mr. Steve Sheets, and he's here for the convention. Man, oh man, the chair of the party, a state party, you're, you're a big man. <laughs> when are you going on a diet? That no. can be taken so many ways. <laughs> wow. Yeah, big man. No, no, there's, there's no such thing as a big man in the Libertarian Party. Uh, that is true. We are all the same. We all believe that we have the right to live our lives our own way, provided we respect others. So what do you expect at this convention? I expect to see a whole lot of libertarians. I expect to just talk with some of my friends and some of the people that I've seen throughout the years in both national settings and statewide settings. This is a great group of people. I agree. I agree. This is my 28th state convention. My first one was in, do the math, 1993 in Bethlehem. So what's this? This is 2020 at the moment. Yeah, I guess it's 28 conventions. It's been a, it's been a long, strange trip. A long journey. Now, you just told me who is going to be here. Now, what are they going to do when they're here? What are they going to do when they're here? We have a bunch of presidential candidates who are going to tell us about what their plans are as presidential candidates and what they plan on doing if they actually win. And the group of people that are going to be here are going to select the top five contenders so that those can go on and actually do a final debate around 8 o'clock in the evening. Wow. So you're going to have uh, everybody, all these presidential guys are going to present their case, and the people are going to pick the best ones, and the best ones are going to debate. Yes. That's cool. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that as well. And i got to ask you, who are you supporting for president? Or are you going to just like... I am Switzerland, good sir. You're, you're what? I am Switzerland. You're Switzerland. What does that I mean? I am completely neutral. Ah, that's good for a chair of the state party. Absolutely. I would agree, I would agree with that. Uh, when, it, when, it come, when we get down to Austin uh, National Convention, that's when we start talking about you know the people who are making the case for, for president. That's where we actually start making the decisions and start really campaigning for that. Sort Austin? Of stuff. What's happening in Austin? Austin is the National Convention. National. And when's that? Well, I, that is going to happen Memorial Day in a couple weekend. of weeks. Okay. It's going to be happening in just a couple months. And... Um, we're going to be selecting our delegation here tomorrow to go to Austin. Uh, that should be interesting. It's all interesting. Exactly. What else are we going to be doing here? Presidential candidates selecting delegates to the National Convention. What else is happening We're here having this officer elections. We're talking about bylaws and boring stuff like that. Oh, no. Bylaws is fun stuff, man. That's, <laughs> that's my, my alley. I'm a parliamentarian by nature. I, I enjoy the bylaws as well. Huh? It's, it's, it's one of those things that we, that we love doing and we I love know, arguing. Man, we love arguing. Yeah, and... Um, so, are you running for re-election? I am running for re-election. Really? What do you think your chances are? Pretty good, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
We we had a really spectacular year. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, I've been telling this on the air. What did we elect? 47 Libertarians? 47 Libertarians. 47 Libertarians we elected in Pennsylvania this year. We literally have the most successful affiliate in the entire nation. And that comes from fundraising. That comes from the number of memberships increased uh, and the number of elected Libertarians this past November. Uh, another thing that I can say is that when we started in April, um, we had four potential board votes from the county committees. Now, to have a board vote, a county committee needs to have at least 12 members. Okay. It sounds pretty simple. It sounds pretty simple, but it's not as simple as it sounds. It, it takes a lot to get libertarians to actually want to join the state party. <laughs> it's tough to get libertarians to do anything. It really about. is. It really is. But, but the last board meeting, we had 12, a possibility of 12 county board reps in that, uh, in that board meeting. We've been averaging 15 board members per call or mm-hmm. in person. And um, the one the one day we actually had a tie of twenty board members in a meeting, and that was really awesome. We gave a gentleman a lifetime membership for uh, donating to the party in a spectacular way, mm-hmm. uh, basically to help some of our people out up in Northampton. I don't have a lifetime membership. I'm just this guy. I pay my twenty bucks a year, <laughs> as our commercial keeps reminding us. Well. It's not that much to become a lifetime member, and one of the pitches that I like to make is, this is this is our home. You know, the Libertarian Party is our home. Agreed. Yeah, and we're not going anywhere else. So why Agreed. not make that extra commitment and say, you know, I'm giving you a little bit more money this year. All you have to do is make twelve equal installments of forty-two dollars. Oh, the life, the universe, and everything. Absolutely. You should have been here for episode forty-two. Makes a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your mother or father, I think. But it's it's five hundred dollars for for an annual donation or forty two equal installments in in a year, and you will be deemed a lifetime member of the party. That'd be good. Yeah, but again, this is our home. Let's mm-hmm. just make that commitment. So we're doing bylaw changes. We got presidential candidates here. We're electing party officers. Mm-hmm. Do you expect a challenge to your chairmanship? Yes. You yes, do. I do. Uh, you think you're going to prevail? Yes. And why do you think you're going to prevail? We actually have a record of success. That's and for sure. 47 libertarians elected to office. And that's that's pretty much what I'm running on. Huh? You know, I'm running on our record of success, and basically my, my goal is to keep the momentum going throughout 2020. That's, that's what I want to hear, man. I mean, we've had the most successful year for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to the rest of the convention. You're the guy who's going to preside over things. You're going to put up with all the parliamentary procedure nonsense that we libertarians love to argue. We, 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 can, we can keep things moving along, I think. I, I've had a pretty good, a good track record of keeping, keeping people on track and keeping people from getting out of the woods. I agree. Weeds and, um, you were chair before, back in 2009, 2010 or something like 2013 that. 2013 and 2014. Uh, the difference between my style then and my style now I don't want to say it was different, but it's a lot more refined now than it was then. I would agree. And you're a Toastmaster. I'm a Toastmaster. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> On that note, Steve, thanks you for very – Steve Sheets, chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Thank you for appearing on the Pennsylvania Project. Thank you for And me. good luck with your re-election. All right. Hey, we are back again. This is Ken Krawchuk, and you're listening to the Pennsylvania Project, episode 49 
I am now sitting with the executive director of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, Kevin Gallen. Did I pronounce that correctly, Kevin? Gallen. 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 That's right. Yeah. yeah. Kevin. Did I get the Kevin part? Right? You got that right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> executive director, man. That sounds impressive. Yeah, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they like to say when they're running for vice chair that they're the least important person in the party. But the executive director actually works for that guy, so <laughs> I'm below everyone who, you know, is... Oh, man, we're you, you, You've all seen that, you know, that comic, right, where the birds are on this, uh, this kind of ladder-like device and they're pooping down on the birds below them? Oh, no, I have not. But... Okay, all right. Well, I'm at the bottom, so that's well, how that works. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but at least you got an impressive title. It, yeah, it helps for fundraising, but reality, well, it's... What is it do you do? What does an executive director of the state party of Pennsylvania do? So my main um, job functions are to raise money and to bring in new members. Uh-huh. I mean, so, on paper, that's what I do. In reality, I do so much more than that because there's always stuff that needs to be done. Uh-huh. Of course yeah. there is. Right. So you're the... That's why you're the low man on the totem pole. I keep wanting to yeah. say something else, but I can't say it on the air. <laughs> It's kind of like being a small business person. So I also own a small business, and oh my god, I do everything. Oh, give, feel free to give a plug for it. What do you oh, sure. Uh, my I a real estate broker. I own a real estate brokerage called Gone Home Realty. Spell that: G A U G H E N H O M E Realty. Dot com. Yep, that's or it's gonehome.com. Gone. Oh, I love yeah. it, man. So it's good. Getting I, back to the point. Yeah, I do everything. I do. I do the bookkeeping, I do the marketing, I clean the toilets, I do everything. Uh-huh. So I, I bring that mentality to executive director. Nothing is beneath me, I'll do anything. Cool. Whatever needs to be done. What kind of successes have you had over the last however long you How long have you been in position? Uh, since April 27th of 2019, so almost a year now. Uh-huh. And, uh, Tell yeah. us about some of your successes. So I think there was a market there that, we were, that was just waiting for us. Uh, we have increased our dues-paying membership uh, what is it, 130%, something like that. That rocks, man. Yeah. It's astounding. Um, our fundraising is above 500% over last year. Wow. Yeah. You know, going from 10 cents to 5 bucks is <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm just picking on you. I could give you the actual numbers if you want. But no, yeah. that's, that's okay. But it's, <laughs> the, the fact is you've done an impressive job. Well, thank you. How did your predecessor do? So I didn't have one. I am the first ever. You were the first ever? Yeah, first ever executive, executive director. director of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. So it was an easy act to follow, really. <laughs> That's all right. No, unless you have a warm body in the chair, and it's just absolutely impressive compared to the person before you. No, it sounds a lot like a lot. And I have seen a lot of the stuff you've done, man. And like, for example, we just elected 47 libertarians in Pennsylvania last year. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with you, because I know you've been sending out mailers and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, um, the main driver behind the uh, new people being elected is actually Jen Moore and also Chuck Moulton. Who is who is Jen and Chuck? Jennifer Moore is our Eastern Vice Chair, and she's I also get her in here. Man. You should, and she's also on the Elections Committee. And uh-huh. Chuck Moulton, you know Chuck. I know Chuck. I'm, he's a genius. He's an absolute genius. He and got sixteen hundred on his SATs. Yeah, he, he's just like otherworldly genius. So he came up with this thing called the Molten Maneuver, which we have been using to get candidates elected. What is the Molten Maneuver? The Molten Maneuver is where we look for... Um, Pause. Uh, Paul Nicotera, my technical producer, just brought me another Lagunitas. Okay. <laughs> Free plug. <laughs> Nostravia. Anyway, 
So what's this molten maneuver? All right, molten maneuver is we look for races that are either uncontested or undercontested. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we try to pair them up with libertarians who live in that district. Mm-hmm. So it involves a lot of calling people, a lot of mailing, a lot of uh, you know contacting these folks and trying to convince them to run. And uh, it's not as easy as it sounds, right? So we have to find these people to run for office. We have to get them the signatures and everything to get on the ballot. Um, then sometimes they get on the ballot and there are challenges. We actually had several candidates who got elected, and the people in that municipality wouldn't let them serve in that office. <laughs> what do you mean they wouldn't let them serve? They got elected. Yeah, right? So what happens is you know, people see these results like, no, there's no way a libertarian got elected. So what they do is they have these town councils, borough councils, township supervisors, they actually appoint someone, one of their buddies, instead of letting this elected libertarian. So this is one of the problems we're dealing with That's now. That's undemocratic. Not only is it undemocratic, it's illegal. <laughs> so this is one of the problems when you're a challenger party, like we libertarians. They, they try not to... First of all, they, they have huge hurdles. We have to collect many more times signatures to get our names on the ballot. Right. And now once we do win anyway, we get on the ballot and we win, and now they diss us doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a problem that we have to deal with year in, year out. We're always having to sue just to have our names on the ballots because they won't just let you get on the ballot. You know, you have to... I know. Yeah. challenge us. I've done numerous shows about that. I give you one after the other. Yeah. But it's it's been a lot of nonsense. Yeah, they stack the... Well, first of all, they stack the deck against us, right? So what they do is they create these ballot access laws that are just, you know so difficult that no one can actually get on the ballot. Yeah, you know, they stack the decks against us. Uh, We have a different signature requirement than the two major parties, as you know. So we have to get 5,000 signatures to get a governor or any statewide office on the ballot, the president. Um, Major parties, they only need 2,000 signatures. I know. It's just, even though the Constitution, Article 1, Section 5, says all elections shall be free and... Equal. equal. That's right. Doesn't sound equal to me. No, I mean, there's equal protection, apparently, but apparently we don't get any. There's other problems, too, as you know. So uh, they're allowed to challenge us, but we cannot challenge them. Oh, no, we can. I have personally challenged Republican positions. Did you have to register as a Republican in no. order to do so? No. Because anybody the way they can challenge anybody. The way the law is written is maybe they have to have standing. Cause, yes. Because I did that in 1995. And this is what? This is a little bit later than 1995. Well, they like to uh, <laughs> slip them in on us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, it sounds like as a challenger party, we libertarians are up against a stacked deck, but we don't care. No. We're, we're still winning. We're going to fight them anyway. Thanks to people like you, our executive director of the Libertarian Party, Kevin Gohan. Gohan, right that's right. Kevin, Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Kevin, I got the... Kevin Gohan. Well, thank you for appearing on the Pennsylvania Project. You're welcome. Keep up the good work and elect another, I don't know, hundreds of libertarians starting next year. Sounds good. We'll do it. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here with episode 49 of the Pennsylvania Project. I am sitting here with Jennifer Moore, who is the vice chair, eastern vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. And Jennifer, you've been a guest on the show before. Welcome back. I have. Thank you for having me back, Ken. Ah, glad to have you back. And you're here at the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention. Yes. And you've had a very successful year. Yes, it's been a great year. I mean, me personally, looking from the outside in at what's going on, I see it as you are one of the key people responsible 
for electing 47 libertarians this year. Well, thank you. I like to um, say that there was a team of us, um, and it took everybody. But you know, the main thing with these elections was we, um, we targeted places where there was no one on the ballot. And we sent out a lot of letters and asked people to run for office and, um, you know, give us a call. We walked them through the paperwork, and we got about 25 people on the ballot that way, um, and all of them won their elections. And then after that, we reached out to the people who didn't make the ballot and asked them if they'd be willing to write them, to mm-hmm. run a writing campaign. And in addition, you know, we sent out more letters um, asking people to run right in, and that's how we got the rest of the people elected. That's great. That's called grassroots campaigning, as low level as it goes. It's, it's a lot of work on yeah. your part. The one thing that I have to say is the counties that were most successful, um, Burks elected 11 people, and wow. um, Bucks got four, I think the Chester got four. The places where we elected the most people, there were county committees who picked up the ball and ran with it. They went and helped these people with their paperwork. They met them for breakfast to uh-huh. you know, go over the process. They checked up on them to see how they were doing. Wherever we had local activists uh-huh. um, and membership that really was willing to work on it, that's where we had the most wins. I see what you mean when you say it takes a team to do this. So it wasn't just you, but you know the way I see it was you and Chuck Moulton who yeah. led, the, led that um, charge. You know, really, for the first mailing, it was Chuck and Wes Benedict who took most of the calls. Who is Wes Benedict? He is the former executive director of the National Party, and he lives in Texas, and he um, you know, helped us out with doing the mail merge and getting these letters out. The letters were actually written by him. Um, and him and Chuck, you know, they took all the calls from these candidates, and the ones who were running for auditor, of course, they sent to me because I'm an elected auditor, and I was able to talk about that. So you're an elected um, libertarian, too? Right. I was elected in 2017 to a six-year term. You would man, woman? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, the two of them, um, you know, worked on that portion of it and walking people through paperwork. And West became a, you know, Pennsylvania ballot access expert in a couple of days. It was amazing mm-hmm. how quickly he picked it up. But me, it was more stuffing the envelopes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting them in the mail and, you know, making sure that we, you know, got these contacts out. So And it worked. Yeah. You're sitting in the record books here. This is great. But that's all in the past. What about the future? You're the current Eastern Vice Chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. And this is our convention. We've heard from Steve Sheets, our chair, and a few others. Are you running for re-election? I am running for re-election. Right now, we've got two counties who are looking at organizing. That's the main job of the Eastern Vice Chairs, to support the counties we have and organize new counties. Um, Wayne County, um, up north, they just um, organized here in January. And Lehigh is reorganizing. I had someone reach out from Schuylkill as well. Um, we can organize a committee there. So I, I love Schuylkill County. Yeah. I mean, the weather up there is outrageous. You know, if you listen to the weather radio, they say, oh, it's going to be sunny today. Schuylkill County, snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great job. So, Do you have any, any competition for Eastern Vice Chair that you know? Nobody that's announced yet. And, you know, Jennifer, speaking for myself personally, I don't know anybody who come close to the job that you have well, done. Well, thank you. No, thank you. On behalf of the Libertarian Party and Pennsylvania Project and all of us good guys. And she's Thank just, you. She's just sitting here smiling. Thank yeah. you, Paul, for adding that. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, you rock. Yeah. You guys, you, you're from Montgomery County. Yeah. And we were at the Montgomery County meeting, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And when you mentioned about how you guys just elected 47 Libertarians in Pennsylvania, yeah. the whole room burst into applause. 
you know, the thing is we have a process now and we know it works and we're hoping to ramp it up in 2021 and, you know, win over 100. But we need to make sure that we bring in the membership this year so that we have the people in the counties to help these candidates. Mm -hmm. Well, Jennifer, speaking personally for myself, I hope you get reelected because thank I think you. you kicked butt over the last year. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for the job you've done, and thank you for appearing on the Pennsylvania Project. I look Thanks. forward to having you as a guest again <laughs> to talk about the it's next bunch of libertarians you elect. Yeah. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project. We are still at the Libertarian Party State Convention here in Essington, I guess we are. I'm sitting with Chuck Moulton, who is the architect of the plan to get us 47 libertarians elected in the last election. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Chuck. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, yes, uh, it, it's actually 40 libertarians were elected the last election, and then seven more were identified from previous elections by, by looking in, in the records. But, but yes, yeah, still big accomplishment for the party. Wow. Um, so what did you do? What was this big plan? So the basic idea is we have exploited a quirk in the Pennsylvania election law, which is that Republicans and Democrats select their candidates before the libertarian candidates do. So... The petitioning period for Republicans and Democrats is uh, February to March, basically. Uh, they have their primaries in late April uh, uh -huh. or, or May. Um, and then we still have until August to get our candidates on the ballot. Uh, so there is a window of time where we already know about offices where no Republican and Democrat has filed. So we found a list of those offices, um, uh -huh. which took a lot of a lot of legwork, a lot of data you do, mining. Did you have to go county to county to do that? Yes, there are sixty-seven counties in Pennsylvania. There was no this big statewide archive of that. We had to go county to county to find these opportunities. Once we found those opportunities, we needed to find libertarians qualified to run for those offices. Mm -hmm. So we merged that with. The, the list of registered libertarians because uh, uh -huh. we, we registered by party in Pennsylvania. Um, Wes Benedict, a former national executive director, helped us do that merge. Uh, and then we sent out uh, letters to those uh, registered libertarians saying, that we had a really good pitch. Our pitch was basically, hey, if you run for office, you're going to win. <laughs> Man, um, it's hard to ignore that pitch. Uh, apparently it was because our phones were ringing off the hook. Uh, uh -huh. So we sent thousands of letters out and uh, we couldn't even take all the calls from people who wanted to run for office. Uh-huh. That's great. Now, do you have some kind of a number? Now, if you got 40 wins, you must have had a lot more than 40 people calling. Uh, how, well, how many offices did you find that were vacant like that? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. Uh, um, and honestly, we did not look in all 67 counties. We just didn't have time for it. We didn't have resources. <laughs> oh, man. We... we for the normal getting on the ballot for the general election, uh, we looked at about 10 to 15 counties, and then we got up to about 20 counties when we considered write-ins also, because uh -huh. we also looked at opportunities after the deadline to get on the ballot had passed, uh, where people could just oh, win just by write-ins write themselves in. And, and for the general election. That is yeah. cool. You plan to do that again? Uh, we do, and we we have learned some lessons, we think, with better organization, and by going to all 67 counties, we should be able to triple that number easily. Wow. And that's not even counting wow. not even counting inspector of elections and judge of elections, which is more low-hanging fruit. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you know what it is? It's an easy thing to do. It's just somebody's got to do all the legwork. Yeah. You, sir, deserve an award. 
for what I, I received an award. <laughs> you justifiably deserved it. So, and Jennifer Moore was on the other side of that. We interviewed her earlier in the convention. Yeah, so Jennifer did a lot of the work involved in this. Uh, she was one of the people who was answering the phones, one of the people who was explaining the process uh, and what you would do if you were to get elected to the office. Uh, she also put a lot of money into the campaign because uh-huh. uh, a lot of this was supported not by the state party but by individual donors uh-huh. who were paying for the mailers. Excellent. So their hearts are where their wallets are. Yes. <laughs> that's great. Chuck, well, that's good detail. That's good to know. And, and we had a, histor- a very historic election. Yeah, so at, as, far as, uh, as far as the history of it, Pennsylvania has about a quarter of the election officials of the entire country for libertarians. So 25% of the elected libertarians are in Pennsylvania? Yes. That rocks, man. Well, I, you know, I know for a fact it's because some states it's difficult. Like I yes. think Michigan has very few low-level elected offices. Right. Uh, we, we're very lucky to have a lot of opportunities in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And we're also lucky to have uh, a lot of activists that are willing to run. Yeah. People like you? Yeah. Chuck, I, I'm, you, I'm an elected, you rock, man. I'm an elected libertarian myself. I won by write-in vote. So what, what office? I, I serve judge of elections. Uh-huh. In what town? Uh, Whitpain, too. Montgomery County? Yes. My county. Well, Chuck, thank you very much for delivering such a fine victory for the Libertarian Party, and thank you for appearing on the Pennsylvania Project. Thank you for inviting me. Great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, Ken Krawchuk, still at the Libertarian Party State Convention in beautiful downtown Essington, PA, just south of the Philadelphia International Airport. I'm sitting with one of the young members of the party, a relatively new member, Ben Heckman. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Ben. It's great to be here, Ken. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thanks for you being here, man. You and I have a little bit of a history. A little bit, yeah. You're out from the Pittsburgh area. I I grew up in Pittsburgh, and uh, I remember in 2018 when you were running for governor, uh, I remember you uh, on the Libertarian Party of Pittsburgh Facebook page, Uh they announced that you and um, Dale Kearns were coming to Pitt. Our U.S. Senate candidate. Yes. And uh, I was like, I need to go to this because I'm probably going to be voting for these people, so I might as well get to you know hear them speak. Um, and I heard you guys speak, and it was a very enjoyable experience. Thank you. Now, were you libertarian before then? Did you come to see libertarians or just come for the political side? So that was actually the first time I ever went to like an, a libertarian event. Really? I, uh, I got into politics in the, during the 2016 election, started off as a Bernie bro. Uh, then became uh-huh. a Trump supporter, and then I heard about Gary Johnson, and it was all uphill from there. Wow. So you were all around the political block. Yes, sir. And what do you study in college? You're a political science guy, right? Yes, that's correct. What do you plan to do with it? Um, well, the long-term goal would be, I guess, to run for mayor of Pittsburgh. That would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as short-term goals, that has yet, yet to be determined. <laughs> uh-huh. That's really cool, man. Now, what do you like about the Libertarian Party? What brought you to it? You're a young guy. Give me some insights. Yes. So I believe that the the duopoly is the two main parties are bought by big business. And your vote in a federal election, at the very least, if you're voting for an R or a D, doesn't really matter too much. And you're better off uh, voting, either not voting or voting for a third party. And uh, the Libertarian Party happens to align with my personal views pretty accurately. Uh, Does most people. You know, because I'll be in an audience and I'll ask people, how many of you think you should have the right to live your life your own way, provided you respect others? Mm-hmm. Ben, every hand in the room goes up. Right. We're all libertarian. Yeah. And the question is, why aren't people voting that way? I think it's because of the stronghold the duopoly has and what the mainstream media has. And 
it's just really hard for third parties to, to make any leeway. And I think that's changing, though. I think that's slowly changing. I mean, we've seen yeah. uh, the Green Party and the Libertarian Party especially doing better and better mm-hmm. uh, as the years go by. Did you hear Larry Sharp giving this speech earlier today? I don't know if you were in the room when he was no, doing No, I that. missed it. That sucks. Yeah. I love Larry Sharp. Yeah. Now, he was talking about the fact that it's taking so long because too many people have a stake in the old regime. Mm-hmm. So when we say we're going to cut back on the size of the IRS, cut back on the size of government, a lot of these people work for the government, and mm-hmm. they see us as taking away their jobs. Yes, and I, I actually, my, my father works for the Secret Service, and yeah, I'm allowed to say that. It's not a secret. Um, and that's his biggest gripe, I guess, with when I try to tell him about libertarians. Uh-huh. He's like, well, they're going to take my job away. No, he's going to have to defend the libertarians. That's right. all there is to it. Yeah. It's going to be a shift over. Mm-hmm. But he's saying it's not just a job thing, it's also a benefit thing. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, Medicare. A lot of people are getting Medicare. Mm-hmm. Some of the Medicare plans, they have zero premium. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get better than that. For my wife, I'm paying over $700 a month wow. for her health care. That's like a stupid number. Yes. But the minute she turns 65, now all of a sudden she qualifies for Medicare, and the premium drops to 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, something right. like that. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's a shame you missed Larry's talk. Larry Sharp is pretty Yeah, crazy. I... I, what when was that? What time was it? Just now. Uh, wow. Just, we, we just finished dinner, and we're before the debate. The big debate's coming up in a little bit. I will definitely be attending the debate, and I did get to meet Larry earlier, which was which was really cool. So uh-huh. I'm not that bummed out that I missed it. I guess. So, what are your near-term political plans? You was a young guy just out of school. You're still in school. I am a sophomore. Yeah, I'm only a sophomore. So right now, my plans are I'm really involved with the Young Americans for Liberty at my school, which is Millersville University in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh huh. Um, and uh, you're just, a lot closer than I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. Far. It was like an hour and a half drive here. Yeah. Um, not too bad. I did have to wake up at 5 a.m. though, which wasn't fun. <laughs> it's never fun. No. Um, I didn't get to bed last night till almost three because I was wow. hanging out at the hospitality suite. Yikes. <laughs> I know. I can't. I'm running on like an hour of sleep, but I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you get pumped up at these sorts of things, man. You really do. It's really it's being around so many like-minded people. Like, yeah, fuels my passion for the liberty movement. Uh huh. And it's it's really it's it's good vibes. So I hear you want to work on my 2022 campaign for governor, <laughs> if and when. Yes, definitely. Uh, we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna get you a million dollars, Ken. Yeah, that's, that, for the benefit of the listeners, that's what I say. People keep asking me if I'm going to run for governor again, and I said, if there's a million dollars in the bank on January first, 2022, I will consider it. You're gonna have to ask my wife though. And stand back when you do that. Though. I will. I will. I will make sure to keep ten feet in between. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we get enough people thinking along those lines, Ben, I think it's going to be doable. I agree. Especially, you know, young people like you or. Mm-hmm. Just starting out. You're mm-hmm. not disillusioned yet. Yeah. I'm not disillusioned yet. Look at me. I've been no, doing, not at all. I've been in the party since the 90s, and I'm Which, still yeah. charging The opposite ahead. of disillusioned. Look at that, man. I got my own radio show There you now. go. There you Pennsylvania go. Pennsylvania Project. That's awesome. It is, man. That's awesome. And i got to thank you for appearing on it. Thanks for sharing your, your thank thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. And can I plug something real quick? You're sure, man. You're on the um, radio. Uh, for those of you listening, I am in a band called All Birds Are Bad. We uh, are releasing all our... All Birds Are all Bad. All Birds Are Bad. Yes. Um, our music is on Spotify, Apple Music. It's everywhere. We're releasing a new EP soon uh, in May, I believe, it is, when it's coming we, out. Well, you know, um, this comes out as a podcast. Somebody may be listening to this three years from now. Well, there you go. So, so it may already be out. So Yeah, it might already be out, be out if you're listening to this. What, uh, what kind of music is it? Um... I would say alternative rock. It's instrumental mostly. There's not really any singing. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's mostly an emphasis on us just making jamming. melodic. Yeah, jamming sometimes. So like a Grateful Dead type of band. Not necessarily. Um, it's it's more emo 
emo tinged math rock slash post rock. I don't like those are kind of niche terms, but uh, I guess yeah. I'm not familiar with them. Well, I'm you a, might like it. I'm an old Beatles fan. Well, we're in the room where they're going to have the debate, and people are starting to filter in. So we're going to stop. Ben, again, thanks for appearing on the Pennsylvania Project. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to episode 49 of the Pennsylvania Project. We are still here at the Pennsylvania Party Libertarian State Convention, and I'm sitting here with one of our presidential candidates, Jacob Hornberger from Virginia, and... Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Jacob. Thank you, Ken. It's an honor to be here with you. Oh, it's a big honor, man. Now, we very rarely on our show step outside of Pennsylvania, but I had to step outside of Pennsylvania for you because I think you are one of the best candidates that we have. Plus, you're the guy who taught me how to debate back in the <laughs> 90s. You've done a lot. You run the Freedom Foundation? What is yeah, it called? the Future, Future of Freedom Future. Foundation. It's a libertarian educational foundation. I've been running it for 30 years. 30 years. Why president now? Well, I, I've been doing this in the educational arena, and I've seen what Democrats and Republicans have done to our land and I, to our freedom. And I figured now's the time to take these people on more directly. I just came to that point in my life where let's jump in the political arena and hold them to account for what the, the, all the bad direction that they've taken I, our country. I agree with you completely. I don't call them by name, though. I just call them the two old parties. Well, yeah, it really is one party divided into two wings, and all they do is play musical chairs. It's all about power and money, and that's what they're fighting for. Uh-huh. Earlier today, I had the honor of moderating our presidential forum, and it was the best moment that I had with a chance to introduce you, because you've had such an influence on me starting a quarter century ago, and then to be able to introduce you, it's like a, a real turnaround where you've introduced me to other people. Well, that's really nice of you to say that, because you and I go back many, many years in this movement, in this party. Yep, so. and I, I said it before, my wife will shoot me if I don't say hello from her, she sends her love, you're one of her favorite people, man. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Any word for the Pennsylvania voters before, because uh, people are starting to come into the room for the big debate? Yeah, that if you like the direction that America's going in, go ahead and, and vote for Trump or Sanders or Biden, it doesn't matter, uh-huh. it's the same direction. If you want a different direction, uh, peace, prosperity, liberty, harmony, Join up with us libertarians. I love it. People want more information about you, where do they go? Jacobforliberty.com. Jacobforliberty.com. Jacob, thank you very much for appearing on the Pennsylvania Project. My pleasure. All the best in the race. Thank you, and great to see you again, Ken. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, episode 49. We are still at the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention. Things are just wrapping up now. But before she ran out the door, I wanted to grab one of our candidates, Liz Terwilliger. She's running for the 12th Congressional District in northeastern Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Liz. Thank you. Why? Why would you do this? <laughs> I mean, I've run for office so many times. It's crazy. Why are you doing this? Well, I was following our representative um, on Twitter, particularly, and during the impeachment process, he made me very angry. I was yelling at my computer screen because rather than take a position um, on the impeachment that was substance-based, it was all about partisan sniping and the sham process, which is a constitutional process, not a sham process, but in any case, I could have supported his decision not to vote for impeachment if he had made a substantive argument. But instead, it was all about name-calling and the process. So I became very upset, and my husband, who is rather patient with me, um, (laughs) suggested that I should put up or shut up. 
and so here I am. You put up. For oh, man, famous last words. <laughs> yeah, so stop complaining and do something about it. So uh-huh. this is me doing something about it. Amen. Good for you. And you're running as a libertarian. I am running as a libertarian. At the convention, I got my official nomination. Congratulations. Thank you. Or condolences, depending <laughs> right. on how it is. You've been working on this for a while, or is this a, a, you starting from a, a start right now? Um, just a couple of months. I had to get... Um, endorsements from the different libertarian committees within the district. The 12th district is quite large, and there are five organized committees in the district. So I had to get endorsements from them or nominations from them before I could be nominated by the party. Now, I took a quick look at the map of where the 12th district is before this, and it's it's like a giant triangle with a point to the bottom. Yes, cut out of the, the... Almost the center of the state, but not really. Uh huh. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the, the north right. Yeah, yeah. It runs along the New York border, four counties across the border from uh, Susquehanna over to Potter, and then it runs all the way down to um, State College. So Penn State is in the twelfth district. Really, yeah. that is big. Yeah, and it includes uh, Lewisburg, and it's it's uh-huh. it's a wandering kind of district. Yeah. Right. Now, does it reach all the way down to Scranton? It does not include Scranton, uh-huh. no. no but it, but my, I remember it does reach Interstate 80. It does. Spots. It crosses 80. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. That's really big. That's going to be tough campaigning in such a big area. It's going to be a lot of miles. Yes, it is. Do you have yes, plans for is. how you're going to do that? Well, um, I'm working with the uh, organized committees in the different parts of the district to get some support with that. Um, I met with the folks from uh, American for Prosperity today because we align on a lot of issues to uh-huh. see if we could do Good some coordination with some issues-based events and get my name out there. So uh-huh. I'm going to be doing a lot of driving, though. <laughs> I believe it. It's pretty country, though. It is. It's beautiful. You know, when I ran for governor of Pennsylvania, my wife and I were all over the state. And in October, when you're traveling all over Pennsylvania, it doesn't oh. get prettier. But I can tell you, the prettiest part of Pennsylvania is a, is a triangle with 80 on the south, from Hazleton over to the river, Delaware Water Gap, heading up to Scranton. <laughs> that one triangle in there. I don't know. I wouldn't want to get into an argument about the prettiest part of Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> Being from the Endless Mountains region, you know, we yes. don't want to get into this fight. I love it. Oh, it's yeah. gorgeous because my wife is from the Elmira area, and All we're right. always driving through there. That's where my husband's from. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. We went to school together. We're <laughs> No, I don't know. How many signatures do you need? Have you looked into that? I have absolutely looked into that. So I have to have about 1,600 signatures to get 1600. on the ballot. 1,600. How many years does your opponent need? So my 500? I'm not sure. I don't know how that works. I think it's, it's Congress? I didn't bother to look at I the, uh, I think Congress is the two parties. Uh, yeah. but I looked need, at mine. So I'm need. shooting for 3,000 because I expect some challenges. Yeah, you certainly do. I mean, they do it to us all the time. Yeah. I don't know why they would stop the competition. It's the myth that we draw votes away from the Republicans. We pull, don't tell anybody, we pull evenly from both sides. I know, that's that's the truth, but Uh, it's that scary myth out there. uh No, we want the Democrats to keep supporting us. Yes. Have you looked into what your platform is going to be? Is it just going against name-calling guys or what? No, so my, my main point is that I'm a person and not a politician. So I'm, I'm hoping to be a representative for the people in my district and not a politician and a lackey for one of the parties in Washington. Uh-huh. And I commit that if I am elected, I will only do two terms. I won't serve more than that because I strongly believe that Congress needs term limits. Uh, and enough is enough. And enough is enough. Enough is enough. There are a lot of local issues that I'm talking to people about um, that I think are important and that have larger ramifications. Um, like what? 
for example, there's a um, an issue with the water in Wysox Township yeah, where know. the municipality has extended the water system for the township. Um, it was extended some time ago, but recently it has come up before the Municipal Water Board that people are using wells that they paid for in their own homes to supply themselves with water. Uh-huh. And so the municipality wants them to stop doing that because the municipal water supply isn't making enough money. So they want to go into people's houses, and if they have a well in their house, not on their pro- if it's on their property, they're okay, but if it's inside their house, they need to prove that it's disconnected or else they want to charge them $600 a day. Ouch. For that to be hooked until they have it on, yeah, disconnected. You got to so. love government. You know, they so don't this get, government overreach is. I know they don't have no business what they do. They pass a law and force you to do it. Right. So that's an example of a local uh-huh. issue that I think has larger ramifications. That Give a, to look a at. slogan or a catchphrase like "Make taxation theft again" or something. <laughs> no, my my main slogan is because we need a representative, not a politician, uh-huh. and that's why I'm running. Excellent. You know, when people call me a politician, I says, no, no, I haven't broken a promise yet. (laughs) I'm a speech pathologist. I work in early intervention. I go into people's homes all the time. Birth to three, I work with families. So I'm an actual person with a job. My job is not politics. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a political science major. I knew I'm there was something I liked about you. Person from the you. district, yeah. <laughs> and you have a pretty smile. So well, thank. Pardon me for saying. You can't it. see it on the radio, but, but she's got the dimples. <laughs> Cheerful person. Do you have a website you want to send people to or anything? Our website is currently under construction, but it will be up. Currently under construction. Currently under construction, but it will will be up within the next couple of weeks. It's uh, Liz Terwilliger for Congress dot org. You're gonna have to spell that. Yeah. T H A T. Spell it, please. So it's Liz L I Z. T-E-R-W-I-L-L-I-G-E-R for congress.org. Uh-huh. No spaces. You sure that's not already taken? I already bought the domain <laughs> okay. name. I'm building the site as we speak. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Liz, thank you very much for being on the Pennsylvania Project. Thank you for running for office. Yep, thank you for having me. And I wish you all the luck on your campaign. Thank you so much. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here. Pennsylvania Project. This is going to be the final interview at the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party convention, and we're playing bookends because I'm sitting here again with Richard Schwarz, the Pennsylvania Libertarian who organized this whole convention. And we started off at the beginning a couple of days ago, and here it is now, late Sunday, and the place is deserted. It's only you and I in this big convention room. Welcome back to the Pennsylvania Project, Rich. Thank you. I'm much more relieved and relaxed now than I was at the beginning, uh, but it seemed to go off pretty well, so... Well, that'd be my question. Did it go as smoothly as you thought? It had the appearance of going off smoothly, but that's what happens <laughs> when you run one of these things, is people, like, so many people have come up to me and thanked me and said, wow, that was great, was went great. off without a hitch, went off without a hitch. They don't realize all the scrambling that goes on behind the scenes to, to try to give it that appearance. So, and, You know, you and I, I was in the middle of that because I was moderating the presidential forum, and you and I were sitting across the room from each other, and we're texting back and forth as each guy has gone up there, and new people are coming in, and we're trying to squeeze in. It turned out to be 15 right. presidential candidates on stage, and we didn't have time for them all, and we ran, what, 20 minutes over or something like that? I think that actually went off pretty well. A couple people were disappointed at getting a little bit shorter time than they wanted, but I really think it was justified. You know, Adam Kokesh made his comment about letting Zuckerberg decide who's in our forum, but but it wasn't that at all. I mean, I think it was a, it presented us with a very accurate assessment 
of the support level that each of those candidates had. And I think it worked out very fair. I'm not sure that we mentioned that at the start. What we did is for each candidate to figure out who got the most time, we counted how many Facebook likes they have and how many Twitter followers they had. And the, the, we picked the top five who had for both, and they got 15 minutes, and then the next five, and they got 10 minutes. And then all the other ends got five minutes apiece. You know, and when I was briefing them all and getting their introductory information, I didn't hear anybody complain at all about the time that they got. No, there was just a, some minor grumbling, but but it all went off really well, and that was a, a great lead into the evening debate that was just oh, fantastic. I mean, what an incredible professional job done by everybody who participated and put together that debate. It really looked well. We had a full house, yep, and everyone seemed to think that that was really a, a great thing that you know this the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party you know did that so su- ah, successfully yeah, absolutely and we had a straw poll afterward and I have to say that the gentleman who I interviewed earlier in the show Jacob Hornberger the guy who taught me how to debate he came in first and right not right behind him distant second was Vermin Supreme our satirical candidate <laughs> and then third was Ken Armstrong from from Hawaii, he's got a great voice. You yeah, he really does. Guy. Yeah, great radio voice. Of course, I don't have a radio voice. I got a great radio face, but not a, not a great radio voice. And then it went down from there. But <laughs> I was I was really happy to hear that, that Jacob Hornberger had come in first, and I'm hearing that he's coming in first in all the other states too. He's a solid candidate. He's a solid candidate, and I think he stands an excellent chance of being the party nominee. And he's a libertarian. He's a true libertarian. libertarian. We haven't had one of those since Michael Badnarik in 2004. 2004. That's right, because we have Bob Barr, who voted Uh. for the drug war. (laughs) We had, who was that other guy? Well, Gary Johnson was was good, I mean, but he wasn't a real true libertarian. But he was a decent candidate for a little bit less government, if you wanted to go that route. But Uh really, you know, my feeling is that we need to use these elections to bring people into the philosophy that freedom is what works. And being libertarian light, yeah, you may get a few more votes, but you're not really spreading the message. Yeah, what's the so value? what's the point? Right? That's what I like about Jacob Hornberger. No compromise. Right. I and like there were several other candidates that, that had that same message, but they don't have the level of support that Jacob has. Uh-huh. And speaking as a Toastmaster, I thought Jacob did the absolute best. Because a lot of the other guys were reading from notes. Right. Their eyes were dropping and everything like that. And, but Jacob, I mean, he was fiery. He's very fiery. He's, he's just been a great speaker. He's, he's also a, a sort of a favorite son of Pennsylvania. I mean, he's been coming to Pennsylvania, our state convention, since the early 90s. I, I remember the first one that he was at was in 1995. He was there. So. The, the first libertarian meeting I ever attended in Pennsylvania was the old uh, Philadelphia Liberty Forum that um, we oh, used to have John in Senate that John Famularo yeah. set up. This is when I first moved to Philadelphia in 1987, and Jacob Hornberger was the guest speaker. Wow. So go back quite a ways, and it, it, he looks great. He I mean, does, I have man. no idea how old he is, but he's just in great shape, great speaker. He's going to be a really good candidate. People need to look out for him and uh-huh. get excited. And oh, his name just went off the top of my, my tongue. Some of the other ancient libertarians, local libertarians, Walter. Dave Walter. Dave Walter. Yeah, Pens- another Pennsylvania He's person a- who was chair of the National Party. In what? 
1842. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that long ago, but around... Dave ni- Walter. I'm guessing in the early 90s was his, his run at being chair. I want to see if I can get him on the show, talk about the history of the Pennsylvania oh, Libertarian Party. It sure would. Or Don Ernstberger, but he wasn't here, but he'd be another good guest to have. Yeah, he sure would. He was supposedly in the living room when, it, when the party was, you know, was formed. Yeah, well, you know, I, I said that. He says, no, I'm not one of the founders. I said, dude, you're like number three or number four. Dave Walder was another. Yeah. And it's funny because Dave comes up to me. He goes, oh, familiar face. He says, we old timers got to stick together. Right. You know, I've been a par- in the party for about a quarter century, right? He's been in the party for half a century. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he has. And he's, a, he's an icon. I mean, he's one of the famous co-founders. And to be lumped in with somebody like that. By the guy himself. I mean, that's, you know, I'll pay him another $5 if he says it again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what, else, what was your favorite part of the convention outside of the presidential thing? What did you think about the bylaws arguments? Well, I'm not one of these people that really gets too concerned about bylaws unless there's something that really matters to me. I, I glance over what the proposed changes are, and this year I didn't see anything that really you know, ruffled my feathers. So uh-huh. I was kind of happy to not really participate. Uh, your daylight savings time bylaw amendment That's that right. I supported two years ago when it passed. I was glad we did not have this year because this convention happened on That's daylight right. savings time weekend and it was really the best weekend that worked for us. So for benefit- it would have, it would have not been good to have been limited to not have it this weekend. Well, for the benefit of our listeners, the bylaw change was to prohibit having a convention on the weekend with daylight savings time because it takes one hour away from all right we don't want to, we don't like losing that hour we all like working together and and being together and and everything so we don't like losing that hour but sometimes it's just something you have to do yep the hospitality suites were great man yes they were i mean i i left on friday night i left at three o'clock little quarter three and last night i was there till quarter to four and i untapped the keg and closed the door i was the last one out very nice. Thank you. It was you. very nice. And it was a good Pennsylvania beer. Trogue's IPA. Yes, it Perpetual was. Perpetual IPA. <laughs> well, it's all behind us now. It is. Any I final relax. Co- any final? Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> I'm going to go home and sleep. i got to catch up. It's just one of those things when you agree to take on a project like this, you worry about it from, from the start. You know, when it's several months out, you just want to make sure because you're signing contracts, you're guaranteeing a certain amount of income to the hotel, and there's just so many things that could go wrong, and to have you know you worry about it. You know, anybody who would, who does this type of stuff is going to be concerned and, and worry about it. So when it goes off and it's finished and everybody seemed happy, everybody said they had a good time, everybody was thrilled with the way it ran. The hotel's happy; they made three times the amount of money we <laughs> promised them. That's good. <laughs> you know, I think we set a record for for spending certainly, but. You know, it, that, that's great. It's signs of a growing movement, a growing party. I've been reading Facebook posts this morning, and people are saying that was great, wonderful. So I agree. That, that's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that everything worked out as well as it did. You worry and worry and worry about it. And then to not have the major hiccups is just so amazing. <laughs> that's because you're an amazing guy, Rich. Thank, thank you. Thank you, and very well done. And that's going to wrap it up. We are the last two people here that's going to wrap it up for the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention for 2020. And that's also going to wrap it up for this portion of the Pennsylvania Project. Well, that's going to do it for the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention for 2020 and also for episode 49 of the Pennsylvania Project. What did you think about the convention? Anything to say about it? 
If you do, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at PennsylvaniaProject.com right after you sign our petition, that is. And you can also hear us there, as well as on iTunes and other popular podcast providers. Today's episode is courtesy of Amendment 16 Limited, as always, recorded live at the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention and broadcasting in Philadelphia on WWDB Radio at 860 on the AM dial every Saturday at 10 a.m. and in Kutztown on KUR Radio at 1670 on the AM dial every Monday at 7 a.m. You early birds. And every episode is also released as a podcast every Tuesday at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Our webmaster is Stephen Worley. Marketing guru is Connor Dragotis. Technical director, Paul Nicotera. Keyboard wizard, Joe the Pag. Radio producer, Brett Kronberger. Executive producer, Mark Bazzacco. And me, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. Thanks for joining us. And remember, more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem. You've been a registered libertarian for years, voted for libertarians even longer, and lived by libertarian principles all your life. Now it's time to take the next step and join the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Keep abreast of the march toward liberty in Pennsylvania. Take an active role in making it happen. Maybe even consider running for local political office yourself. It all starts with joining the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. It's easy, fast, and only $20 a year. So visit LPPA.org to sign up today. That's LPPA.org. Do it today. A freer future is waiting.